This is Tommy Chong, man, and this is Wake and Bake with Captain Hooters. It's Captain Hooters. <laughs> Hello. What's happening, everyone? Hooter here, coming to you high and alive from inside a grow setup, inside the metaverse. How cool is this? I thought I would come here and check out the lights, but you know what? I don't need to check out the lights because today I've got the king of lighting, Jair Velman from Amsterdam. Dude, this guy is a true legend all around the world. Everybody knows Jair. Dude has got his fingers in a zillion different pots, and we've got him today for an interview. As I understand it, he's got a little surprise for us, not to mention the fact that it's his birthday. How cool is that? All right, here we go. Hola, hola, everyone. Captain Hood here, coming to you high and alive, but not nearly as high as I should be because I'm here with one of the great masters, uh, Jair Bellman from Amsterdam from a zillion different things. How are you, sir? I'm fine and great to be here and uh, calling you from uh, sunny Amsterdam. Sunny Amsterdam and I'm sitting in sunny Portugal and, and it's sunny everywhere in the world. It's a little bit too caliente out there, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, and, uh, and you're calling me on my birthday, so. Uh, How killer is that? Happy birthday, dude. Woo! <laughs> you, 29 again, right? Yeah, yeah, 29 for the, 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 the 20th time. <laughs> Dude, you are, you know, and for, for there's, I have a lot of people that are watching that are from the United States and also from North America. Um, your name is familiar, but probably they can't put everything together. And um, probably, what, what do you think you're most well known for? Dab Stars, the world of cannabis? No, I'm definitely. I think I'm most known for my uh, the brand I put on 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 the market called Cavita Lighting, and uh, and um, I think I'm most known for bringing um, commercial the the commercial way of gardening to to the United States. So when I when I took Cavita as a brand to the United States, and I introduced the double-ended HPS technology. Uh, everybody was having these big air cooled reflectors and uh, uh, pretty much uh, did everything in a very underground uh, uh, black market way that definitely wasn't very efficient. Mm -hmm. And I think my, the, my biggest uh, thing in this market is that I taught people how to grow efficiently. Yeah. And how to move the lights on top, and pretty much what you see these, what you see everywhere these days, is is what I explain people to do. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think if I look at what I've done, that's that's what I'm most proud of. You'll be known for. At what year did you start all this? What was oh, your, What year was uh, your? Would you would you say that that the real direction started? 
I think I think if I look at cannabis, well, I I I, I smoked from a very young age. Uh, um, I think I, I smoked my first joints when I was like twelve or thirteen, and, uh, and had had a lot of psychedelic and, and laughter and was fun. And um, when I was sixteen, I started the my first grow with six wow. times a thousand watts and three hundred plants in a sea of green. That was your and first grow. Yeah, that was my first grow together with my mom. And I, I was actually uh, uh, being helped by an owner of a coffee shop in Amsterdam called Picasso. But oh. the coffee shop doesn't really exist anymore. It was in the beginning of the Harlem Strat. And he helped me out and taught me how to pretty much how to grow weed. Wow. And uh, uh, I remember growing my first kilos and I did that for a whole long time. So I think I've after that, I've grown for at least... 15 years had, had a lot of normal jobs to, to not be too not, not you know you need just a normal job as long as your neighbors see you uh going to your work in the morning they don't ask what what you're doing or how you make your money or so and i had to grow weed it was my passion mm -hmm. so so i think i started from when i was 16 that's over 30 years ago and, and that's 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 my first start in the industry and i've been a grower for a long time and then I started a, a, a hydroponic store, a, a gross store, and uh, figured out that I could hardly make any reasonable money with that. <laughs> so I uh, uh, slowly went to wholesaling to actually try to find new products, bring them to growers, uh, started a wholesale, and then uh, started a nutrient manufacturing company with nutrients and soils and all kinds of different stuff. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you just have to, try a lot of different things you you know and you just have to shoot five times and hope you hit once and uh at a certain moment uh i i i uh, i found Kavita. yeah and that was, that was kind of interesting i remember my first my first meeting on Gavida and 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 the owner that that actually founded the company 25 years earlier than when i walked in and um he he's like you you can't sell these equipment on to cannabis growers because it's way too expensive. And <laughs> I'm like, let me, let me, let me try that. And uh, uh, we, I start building that company in cannabis and ended up being way larger than the mother company. I think uh, the mother company was doing, I don't know, 20 million or something. And we ended up being a $180 million company. Wow. And, and it was not just the US, that was globally. We were in Australia, Europe, in Russia. And we were in Africa. We were pretty much selling our lights everywhere. And then uh, 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 Scott's Miracle Grow came in at a certain moment and, and made an offer. I, we, me and my partners just couldn't refuse. Mm -hmm. So, um, and... That's the moment I kind of cashed in. And and at that moment, I started doing what I really wanted to do passionately. And I want to be growing weed. So um, that's that's a little bit from there on. Things, things just developed in all kinds of different directions. But yeah, my, my biggest passion is lighting. Absolutely. I just love light. I love the science behind it. I love the technology behind it. The light is just uh is is a, fa a fascinating natural phenomenon you know the first time that i heard your name or the first time i saw anything about you when i moved to amsterdam uh had to do with the world of cannabis uh you created this amazing 
amazing facility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, well, after I sold my company, I had some money, you know, that's the nice thing on selling your company. And I, I was actually uh, looking for a poster that is very rare. It's called uh, the original Hayes poster. And it was a poster done by the Hayes brothers that pretty much uh, uh, described the first Hayes that was on the market. Mm -hmm. It's a very rare poster. I think if you go to go people Google it, you will find it. <laughs> yeah, the, the original Hayes poster. And um it was very hard and I started looking for it. It took me a couple of months to actually find one. I actually found two in the end. And uh, from there, I just started collecting all kinds of beautiful cannabis uh, memorabilia, but also artifacts. And uh, slowly the idea came to start a museum. The problem was that um, um, just before I wanted to start a museum, Corona hit in. Mm. And Corona kind of killed the idea of doing a museum like a public museum. And that's a shame because I got pellets and pellets of the most amazing artifacts in the world uh, uh, sitting in my basement uh, waiting for a, a, a location. So, but don't worry, you know, we, we got all the time of the world. I'm, I'm not dead yet. So, uh, you know, we... every once in a while, things happen for a reason. It just so happens that my last interview I just did was with the gentleman who is the co-CEO of Planet 13 in Las Vegas. And they just came up with new laws that are going to allow them to open up some uh, cannabis uh, consumption lounges. And during the course of our interview, he mentioned that they're getting ready or they're in the design concept of opening up a cannabis museum. I will be thrilled to connect the two of you together. I am sure yeah. that he will be I, very I, interested. I, I, I dare to say I got the, one of the biggest collections in the world. I've been, it's been years and years and years of collecting, trying to find products around the world. But kind of funny, what happened is I, I started the website, world of, uh, the, the, the world of cannabis museum, our website. And um, uh, when I figured out the museum couldn't be done, we started curating stories on our website. So we pretty much start interviewing people who are out there that have a story to tell, that have a piece of the history of, the, uh, and, you know, there are lots of people out there, activists, uh, uh, business people that have a piece of history that is important to capture and to put on one. So slowly I started going from artifacts to actually curating stories and curating stories is amazing so we do a podcast and we write down articles and um, uh, if you go look on our website you see the most amazing collection of stories about about the history of cannabis because there's a lot of things I mean if you look around on online and this was the reason I started doing this a lot of stories or things that people perceive to be true aren't true or are different than is written down. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the 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 the, the things are, are not as beautiful as stated on the internet. <laughs> and the, the the raw stories of of the history of cannabis. I mean, I hope that in a couple of years I can take all those stories and create this one book, what I call a coffee table book, and get something that people can have in their house and have something to 
to to get a connection with where our community actually comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite piece out of the collection? Is it the Hayes poster? Or have you picked up something new since then that you, you love? Ooh, now I'm actually going to walk you through my house. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, Are you going to let us see something? Uh-oh. Yeah, we're actually going to see something. So, well, ooh. welcome to my house. <laughs> oh, God. Star Wars, yeah, I saw okay. that. Oh, 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 dude, look at that. So this is uh, 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 this this is actually a, a movie prop, and it's from the movie Orange Sunshine from the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. And pretty much what they were doing, they they had surfboards called Rainbow Surfboards, and they went to Afghanistan with the surfboards. And there's like a little compartment in here that I can't open up right now. And they were actually smuggling Afghan oh, hashis, Afghan oh. hashis, Afghanistan back to uh, back to the U.S. Oh. And actually, over here, here are all the, the the signatures of all the people that actually uh, were from the Brotherhood themselves, all the core <laughs> members. And they took the hash, and they <laughs> sold it. And with the money that they sold the hash for. They actually made orange sunshine the, the asset. So that started the psychedelic revolution. So this this is oh. a surfboard made by by Michael Henson, Michael Henson, and uh, it's it's a really famous surfboard. So it's surfboard history, it's cannabis history, and it's psychedelic history. Oh. And I think this is one of the oh wow. So 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 and it's a it's a beautiful. I mean. Those Mandela's, it's 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 That's just beautiful. stunning. Okay, so my first question, obvious question, is how much hash could you possibly smuggle inside of that? That's a really good question. I I I, I don't think it's as much as people think. Everybody, yeah. I remember the stories that everybody had the 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 Afghan hash, and I'm not sure. I I can't I can't think you can put more than like four or five kilos in there, mm. but uh, it was enough to. Uh, start the the psychedelic revolution, and I got like like so yeah, I, that's one of the wow. items that I have in my house. And but I got down in my basement, I got pellets and pellets and. Oh. Okay, well, so, I'm going to connect the two of you. And and by the way, since I have you on, and I haven't been in Amsterdam for a couple of months, I'm dying to see some good hash. Do you have any? I know you've got. I do. You have any? That's a silly question. Show. Uh, so oh this, I got this. God. I, I don't. Some people know Steve Hayes. Wow. Steve Hayes is the guy that is like the the true connection of the true good hash in Amsterdam. So this is a Moroccan uh, piece of hash, and it's wow. actually you can't see it. It's actually shaped in a in a shoe sole. Uh -huh. So actually, these come in as like at this size in shoe soles, and only two pieces come in. This is really high quality Moroccan. Oh. But even, even more special, something I found a little while ago, and this is something I didn't see for about 20 years in Amsterdam. This is Afghan hash. Mostly for Whoa. the last 20 years, we we're just getting the border quality, what we call border Afghan. It was horrible. The stuff comes from Afghan, but it's made on the border in Pakistan, and they put all kinds of crap. You can still smell the hash, but it's just horrible to smoke. This was the first piece in 20 years that I found that was and pretty how good. Can, and how can you tell, ultimately? I, I know from your experience from all the years, 
But is there a tell that it's... no, it, no, no, no. The the the, the tell is on the moment you smoke it. Mm -hmm. it you know, if you smoke border Afghan, you will pretty much know in a, in a, in a second that you're smoking border Afghan. It has this amazing smell of Afghan hash, but you smoke it and it's like you're smoking tar and rubber tires and dog shit, and mm -hmm. it's just. It, everything is not good. You can't mm -hmm. finish the joints. I tried it a couple of times because it has that smell, mm -hmm. but it, it's not there. Uh, well, Amsterdam is still, we got a lot of traditional hash here. If you go to great coffee, there are some great coffee shops like the Katsu and other places that you can still find. I mean, um, uh, I know I got some chara, some hands wrapped chara somewhere in the house, and 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 you can still find those those things. So mm -hmm. if you're looking for like an Afghan or an hands wrapped chara, so like this great Nepal, or there there are so many different uh, way different kind of Moroccan hashes. I mean, if you go to a good coffee shop, you have a selection of at least eighteen or twenty different types. No, I was gonna say it's funny because uh, in North America. Uh, in, in the United States and in Canada, uh, hash use is minuscule in, in comparison to what it is in Europe. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, growing up in California, every time we got some hash, it was something special. It was like Santa had given you something and you got went out and got your safety pin and you rolled up the little ball and you put it on the safety pin and you got a glass at the side of the table and you, and you lit it up, right? Um, when I came to Amsterdam, and saw the abundance of it everywhere and how many people were smoking it with tobacco. Um, that has, yeah, become, yeah. Are you a tobacco you know, smoker? I, I, I do mix with tobacco because it's a, it's a cultural, it's a cultural thing. Yep. And, absolutely. and I, I've been, I, I come a lot to the U S and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's pretty normal. We mix mm -hmm. and they, they, well, I know how Americans. Yeah. Different about tobacco. It's it's a very specific reaction that you're getting, yeah. but also um, Americans have to understand that that smoking with tobacco is the standard. Mm -hmm. America actually smoking pure is 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 not the normal way in the world. No, if you go to Jamaica or anywhere in Europe or anywhere around the world. If I go to Africa or like everybody mixes up with tobacco. Yeah, it's historically seen. It's that, and also when you're used to it. It's very hard to to to. I, I don't I don't really smoke cigarettes anymore, but I still put tobacco in my joints. Yes, I was yeah, going to so. say it's a different tobacco. That that's the other part of this is that it's a different type of tobacco, and it's not the kind that's being made by RJR Reynolds that makes the Marlboros and the Salem's and all of that. You're usually getting a packet tobacco that's made by one of the other companies. It's a loose tobacco. Most people roll smaller uh, joints, uh, quote unquote joints, than they would be a, a, an actual tobacco cigarette. Well, uh, uh, people here would say that Americans would waste their weed by smoking. You know, like they say, oh, look at how much weed just goes up in the air. You yeah. know, that's a shame. You have to understand that that black market and, and wheat being really expensive in a black market situation. Yeah, you're happy you have one gram. And if you have one gram, how the hell can you roll a free grand joint? Exactly. You know, one of the interesting things is uh, 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 we've been talking on my show. I've, I've had interviews with people from all around the world. Pricing of weed is very interesting right now. The only two places that I found a stable cannabis pricing market seems to be in Las Vegas, which has dipped a little bit, and Amsterdam, 
which really hasn't <laughs> dipped hardly at all. You can go uh, grab uh, California California buds are still 30, 30 uh, gram, right? Yeah, well, the whole California bud thing in Amsterdam, I think it's kind of fake. I'm sure that there's some original buds coming in, but I'm I'm totally sure that 98% is just American strains grown in Holland. Yes. And they just and they just package it with some nice colorful packaging and they put some fake brands on it that look like from the US and then they can sell it for three times the amount. It's just a hustle. Yeah. So and and also when tourists come to Amsterdam and they buy Kelly wheat in Amsterdam they should lose their money. <laughs> they, they deserve it. Yeah, because if you come to Amsterdam, you shouldn't be trying to buy Kelly weed. Go yeah. to Kelly to buy Kelly weed. Yeah. You don't need to do that in Amsterdam. If you're yeah. in Amsterdam, you take, you get the Northern Light five times haze, the amnesia, the 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 the, the Jack Herrer, mm -hmm. the, the hash. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what you smoke here. So yeah, I don't, I don't really mind when people are taking advantage of because they kind of allow themselves to be in that position. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that the pricing is able to still float. And that's the same way in, in Barcelona. I was just in Barcelona, and there's still, there's still top dollar buds that are going for 25, you know, 30, 30 let, 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 let me be honest. Legalization kind of killed the market in the U.S. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Supply and demand's a bitch. <laughs> Yes, supply demand is a bitch, and it's a new. And I mean, there were there were some great years, and then everybody started growing during Corona, and and we end up with ten times the amount of wheat that we actually need. I mean, I I remember everybody in the past saying overgrow the government, yeah. And I think our industry actually overgrown itself, and it's I'm not worried about it because it will stabilize. It's just very painful for everybody who is in this industry right now. And, and, and I can see it on my social media. I can see it because I see, and this really is very painful. I see great growers and great grows mm. pretty much flipping off the lights and stopping and like, yeah. we, can't make any, we can't make money anymore. Yeah, well, and, and, and you're vulnerable. You know, I mean, you did this for a long time, dude. You, you took a lot of risks. And you know, when you, when you, you know, there's a, there's a price to pay. I've been interviewing all these guys that were all freedom fighters, and every single one of them had went to prison, went to jail. Uh, Tommy Chong had to go and do, uh, you know, 13, 14 months or whatever. He went three years without smoking any weed at all. Um, you know, there, there's a price to pay, but there's also an intelligent way to do things. Uh, which is one of the reasons I have a lot of respect for you because you you've done things in a very intelligent way, and you've moved along quite nicely. Well, I, I you know I I I took a lot of risks. I I got caught one time by the police. I I I've done my done my share, um, but I truly think that I deserve to have. Now it's all going legal. Legal. I deserve a part of this. I, I I wanted to create uh, a, 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 I wanted to create a safe environment for my family, and I need to make money for that. And 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 um, sure, I do a lot of activist things. I mean, I I'm an entrepreneurial activist. I definitely use a part of the the, the money that I made in, in the industry, and I use that for for charities and for 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 
helping. Um, well, the world of cannabis is kind of a real good example because I don't make money with that. There's, there's that that thing just drains me. Mm-hmm. It's cost me. It's something that I do to give back to the industry mm-hmm. because I think it's something we need. And I think there there are other things I do that are not even important to mention here because it's not about what you do. It's that's important that you do something. Yeah, you know and, what? Uh, oh. I was going to say, you know, you're one of the other things we've kind of glazed over is is Dabstar. Um, yeah. How did all of that happen? Well, that's my buddy Jonah, Jonah from Dabstars, Jonah Tacoma or Jonah Sanford. And uh, uh, pretty much I, <laughs> by accident, I I could buy 5% of his company. <laughs> I think I think that was just a, by accident. A, a, yeah, I was kind of by accident. I think his ex-girlfriend walked away with a share of the company and she was kind of wanted to sell it. And I called Jonah. I'm like, your ex-girlfriend is selling a part of your company. And he's like, dude, can you please buy that? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I, I just went out and I bought a part of the company. And later on, I, I, I talked to him and I, I, I looked at the situation. I saw that that social media and is, is the new way to get reach. And having uh, uh, three million people on social media is, for cannabis is not easy these days. Mm-hmm. Most people, most pages get shut down. So I told Jonah, like, I would love to be part of this company because it provides me reach for things that I want to present or I want to I want to put brands out. And so I bought myself into uh, as hot owner as Dev starts like 50-50 with Jonah, and um, it's great because. Dabstars has a huge reach. We reach over 7 million people a week. Wow. And uh, uh, it, it, it's just a really nice community thing. It doesn't even, it's not a huge money maker. I mean, we make some money, but it's not this crazy money train. But it's a great way of uh, creating this, this safe spot for, for a community on social media. But also, it's a great way to actually reach that community sure if we want to communicate something to the community it's really hard in, in 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 because well if you make any cannabis page on facebook or instagram normally you get shut down mm-hmm. well on instagram we got like three hundred and eighty thousand, and we got 2.2 million people on facebook and doing that with cannabis i think there are only three or four pages that can actually do that right now mm-hmm. and uh we just have to tread very lightly to make sure that facebook doesn't Shut us down, but we're we're so big in Facebook that at least they give us a little leniency. They don't kick us out that hard because if you have millions of people on a page, they treat you a little differently. Why I have no idea, but yes, we can definitely do things that other people get shut down for. But it's nice. The problem is that Facebook changes algorithms, so actually getting millions of people on a cannabis space is not even possible. And they did that. They changed the algorithm because they wanted to make money. And they said, well, you can't get so many people organically. You just have to pay for advertisement. The problem is cannabis, you can't advertise. Mm -hmm. So you get in this circle. So nobody can actually build big cannabis pages right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that the few pages that are out there actually, um, actually are a place where community can come together. It's very... It's very interesting because we were just having this conversation about the fact that there are so many companies and so many dispensaries and so many different organizations that are struggling and uh, right now and are trying to find and trying to launch new products 
rather than establishing and building the trust and credibility of the audience that they already have. And one of the really cool things about, you know, going and checking out Dabstars, I mean, you guys have been maintaining this credibility and this trust with your community for a long time now. And, you know, that that has a value that goes beyond all the rest well, of it. Dabstars is not just the social media. I mean, we go to events and definitely my, my, my partner, Joe, and I is going to all kinds of events. We have stands, so we actually go out and 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 connect to physically to 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 our to our to our fan base actually, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's not just an online social media thing. It's it's an actual uh, it's an actual thing. And Dab Stars is not specifically about dabbing. It's just about um, amazing people in our in our in our industry and 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 trying to show those people and trying to show the products and and just have a little bit of fun. And um, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that Dabstars will, we just launched one of our new products. That's a, a little, we, we just launched a little, uh, what's called a little dipper. That pretty much is, a, is a, a, an electronic um, dip device that you can dip straight into the oil and the smoke. So it's, it's really, so we, 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 we do little special uh, collabs with other companies, put nice little products to market. But most important thing is is it's the it's a community safe spot. It's a place where people can come together, have discussions, have fun. That's pretty much where it's at. And 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 I can connect it to my other companies. And that's on a on a more business side. I could connect it to my other companies and have have Dabstar help me to promote uh, whatever I want to promote. Mm-hmm. Dude, and and you know, again, it's it's a big circle with you, and all of it it has a same kind of a connection of this really super high end uh, knowledge base. And the other thing that I saw not too long ago, I saw Bobby West, uh, Uncle Stoner, with one of his Legends of Cannabis jacket. Yeah, well, I didn't even mention that one to you. Um, yeah. So that's, that's you know. I think there's not enough appreciation for we got some really amazing people in this industry and there's not enough appreciation. I think people are being forgotten and being left out. So I hooked up with Hemp Hootlamp with Douglas from Hemp Hootlamp and I made this a collab and I made this amazing Legends of Cannabis jacket mm-hmm. uh, that, that is that is that I pretty much gift out to very special people. Um, I mean, if you go to uh, Facebook and look for Legends of Cannabis, you will find the page. Yeah, and I, I, I'm trying to get the, the most amazing stories and people and trying to get those in jackets. And um, um, I still have 20 jackets left wow. and I only had 45 I made. And, and now I just wait until the coolest people come to Amsterdam. And if they come <laughs> to Amsterdam and they deserve one of those jackets, I will, I will tap them on the shoulder and they come. And that's just little things that like like not everything that i do and definitely not everything i do is not for monetary gain i i make my money in certain companies and i lose my money in other companies Mm. and 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 it just makes me you build this tremendous amount of credibility and good faith uh, amongst all of us i mean we're all watching this and going 
Wow, how cool is that? And the pick people that you've picked so far for all of them have been just spectacular choices. And uh, you know, again, I, I I love the whole package. It's like you've got all of these wonderful things going on, and then on top of it, you've got new munchkins in your house too, right? Uh, yeah. Well, then my wife is about to deliver my first child. So, so I'm, I'm, I can't go to the U.S. right now. I have to, like, we're on the last couple of days. I have to wait it out. And uh, I got a little boy coming, and uh, it's my first and my last. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 49 today. So hey. my, it's my last, you know, like, like. Uh, well I'm, done, I'm, sir. I'm kind of over diapers and kind of stuff. <laughs> but the next legends are being born. Yeah, well, I, well I, I know my, I got a 23-year-old son, and I know when I, I took him my cannabis, my my cannabis, my Legends of Cannabis jackets, he's like, I want one. Mm. And, I'm like, and I'm like, you can't have one. <laughs> work for it. You, Earn it. You first, you first work for it. Mm -hmm. Go grow weed, get caught by the police, do something, you know? <laughs> like, like. Speaking of that, what the hell's going on in the Netherlands with the Amsterdam talking about shutting down coffee shops and okay. what's what's the reality? We have this insane major and 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 she is crazy and she has something called she wants to put out something called the I criterium and um, um, that's a, a Dutch word I can't translate that uh, that that's a, the I is for um, so, so pretty much it's 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 she's saying that it's for <laughs> Amsterdam people and I'm an Amsterdam people definitely not helping me okay and um what's going on is um she, she they think there are too much tourists in Amsterdam and I kind of understand because Amsterdam is kind of busy if you look outside my window it's full of tourists yeah. so I I do understand where that's coming from so she's like well I want to get rid of cheap tourism and because people that live in Amsterdam, they, they get uh, too much noise and stuff like that. Well, the problem is not from the coffee shops. The problem is from the bars and people drinking too much and stack parties and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so, and, um, um, so the, 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 she, she pretty much wants to shut down coffee shops for tourists and also take all the prostitutes out of the red light district and move them outside of like, like on the edge of Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Well, first thing, coffee shops and, 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 and we are a progressive city for, for a long, long time. And coffee shops are definitely a part of our culture here in Amsterdam. And um, I don't see how coffee shops give problems mm -hmm. and sure she's saying well coffee shops and it's coke dealers having coffee shops to wash their money of course there's probably one or two bad coffee shop owners mm -hmm. you got bad owners in every industry sure. but i know the majority of coffee shop owners and i know much of the lo loads of them personally they're great people mm -hmm. they're not into cocaine or other things they make good money selling fucking hash mm -hmm. Yeah, so you don't need to do that. So she's just trying on all different sides to to um, to attack our industry. So um, uh, 
Now, I, wasn't I, she in the political party that is normally in favor of? Yeah, cannabis? yeah. She's well. She says she's not against cannabis. She just don't want tourists. And um, so I, I, at this moment, yes, I paid my lawyer to lobby against our major, and that's that's my that's where I spend my money. That's what I do my activism. I made sure I got a great legal team, and I will make sure that my legal team will make things as difficult as possible and i will just flex all my rights as a, as a dutch citizen and 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 because i can do about this as a dutch citizen i can actually go and lobby so yeah. i pay all kinds of lobbyists to try to stop this or to make it difficult we also uh, i paid for research so we looked at because i believe that on the moment you take away the cannabis uh, or the tourists out of it, you get street dealers and they will come and instead of trying to sell cocaine and, 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 and ecstasy, they will now also sell wheat and probably bad wheat and poisoned wheat and probably not even real wheats like CBD wheat and like, like that. Like it will be a total shitstorm. She thinks that people won't come to Amsterdam if they stop the coffee shops. I don't think so. Mm. So um, what's what's here right now? If you were gonna, if some, if uh, if I'm family and I'm coming to visit you, and uh, I, I'm looking for your personal recommendation for your top five coffee shops right now, what are your top five? Um, I would definitely go for. Well, if you go hash, you go to the katsu. Katsu, I love yeah, katsu. And 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 uh, another one that has great hash and wheat, I would say, is called the Eerste Hulp, the first help. Oh, you know, okay, yeah. Yes. And Eerste Hulp is a great coffee shop. It's real quality. I think I think I would that will be the second one on my list. Mm -hmm. um, then you got a coffee shop called Greenhouse. I love Greenhouse. Uh, the one that's because, close to you. Yeah, it's just a great place to be at to sit on the <laughs> terrace. Um, they got some amazing wheat. I don't think their hash is that great, but they got mm -hmm. a couple of real good strains. And if you come in at the right moment and the right load is being done, you can buy some amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think those three are my favorites. Love the greenhouse. That was that was my first love, and I actually lived on the same street that you're on right there. I'll, I'll post a picture. You when you watch this video later, you'll see the front door of where I lived. And you're gonna go, oh shit! He lived right around the right down the street here from me. Um, shit. That was much. You know, it's a shame you don't live down the street anymore. No, I know. I, I wish I did because you know now we got a whole another levels of of goodies and things to play with. Let me ask <laughs> you about that too. The magic mushrooms. So magic mushrooms is one of the booming markets right now in the United States and in Canada. Actually, I'm getting more information and more stuff coming to me from Canada than almost anywhere else tons of products tons of new kinds of of innovations and uh uh uses of it what do you think the chances are of any coming back to amsterdam well um i i actually 25 years ago i had a company called dr pado and i was actually one of the the grandfathers of magic mushroom stores in the netherlands oh i was the second one actually in the netherlands doing a magic mushroom store i had on the heyday five magic mushroom stores so um um and we could do anything and everything it was almost everything was allowed mm. we were we could do dried mushrooms fresh mushrooms like like 
I could make honey out of them and extracts and I could play around and then they started making laws and, and I couldn't uh, dry them anymore. I couldn't put them in other stuff anymore. They were only allowed fresh at a certain moment. And then some French girl jumped out of a, a window here in Amsterdam. And because of that, they, 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 they stopped it. They made this law that pretty much stopped all mushrooms. Now, still truffles are being sold here right. in Amsterdam. Do you like truffles? I think they're not as spacey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I think they're not as... as, as... Mm. Yeah. But, but still... yeah, no, I, the thing is, we got every year, we have free drunk tourists <laughs> that get hit by a tram and die. <laughs> and nobody's stopping alcohol. But one girl jumps out of a window and... Mm -hmm. um, got this whole they killed a whole industry here yeah. so I actually don't expect that coming back still you can buy truffles legally right. and truffles are 80% what a mushroom would do it's really right. close if you yeah. eat enough of them you will get there yeah and um, um, it's have okay. you seen have you seen any microdosing types of, of products out there recently because yeah, that that's the you're market, not, right? So that's yeah, what's booming everywhere. Is, is I, I know. I I, I I personally I microdose. I, mm -hmm. I love microdosing psychedelics, yeah. all different kinds, not just yeah. mushrooms. I love microdosing DMT. I microdose oh. like like I microdose the hell out of everything. Oh. It it keeps it keeps me sane. And, uh, <laughs> brutal for me. I you, I lived that far away from you. I was literally thirty seconds away from walking from my door to where you're. Yeah. Going. Well, <laughs> Here, guys, this is this is the Callus of Amsterdam. That's it. There it is. One of the, <laughs> you know, and, and I do agree. I have to say, I do agree with the mayor a little bit. I mean, where we lived, uh, there was one, a restaurant that was right on the backside of us that was part of a, they played music uh, until, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, we could always hear people. And then from four o'clock to six o'clock in the morning, are you really drunk people that are, now stumbling and falling. Uh, no, I, 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 so, so I live, I live around the corner of the light supply. Actually, when I'm in my bedroom, the club behind me, when on Saturday night, I can hear the drops in the music. I'm like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> I can stand in my bedroom and I can hear, like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> and I can hear the drops in the music. I can hear when the DJ like puts oh, a God. new, new record. So uh, I'm not bothered by it. You know, I live in the center of Amsterdam. Yes, you know, there's parties around me. This is party city. So I'm going to tell people that for the rest of my life. Also, the fact that I, you know, at my peak, I lived in the heart. I I, I wrote about it in the book. I said it was the crossroads between uh, uh, the uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, right yeah. in the middle there. You got it's perfect. You know, I, speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah and deals with the devil, let's talk about the experiment. The, the the government's attempt to to grow weed <laughs> um well it's not really the government's attempt to grow well, weed they're pretty, well, they, I'm they, putting they, it they, they, yeah they 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 gave out they, they're giving out a couple of licenses to try in certain parts of holland to see if they can do a supply chain to the coffee shop with legal weed mm -hmm. i'm not totally against that idea i still think it should be a free market I like to be a free market. They don't. They only have to say, well, you get a certain amount of it. But okay, at least they, they start somewhere. 
I didn't join in on that experiment because I don't believe in it. And the reason I don't believe in it, we got a Christian right-wing government that does an experiment that they say will last four years. Mm -hmm. So now I have to build this company, invest 10 million, 15 million in doing a huge grow because you have to supply a certain amount of wheat. So you have to do a big investment and uh, build indoor rooms, greenhouses, everything. And then after four years, depending on somebody's feeling, yeah, I have the, there's there's a chance that the Christian parties will will rule the government and they will say, well, that was a great experiment. Bye. Yeah. That's the problem. So I, I, I personally didn't invest in that. Mm -hmm. um, what I did invest in is four years ago, I invested in, in medical research in Holland. I mean, I mean, we, we can do real medical research, yes. uh, uh, um, something that isn't allowed in the US because of uh, that's still not federally legal, but here in Holland, we can actually test. So the one thing that we can still be ahead of the US here in Holland was medical research. So I started an institute for medical research and um, uh, we're looking into multiple diseases and looking in for cures and actually trying to create um, FDA approved medicines mm -hmm. because, I think, because I think medicines should be for everybody also in countries that uh, uh, cannabis normally is forbidden but we can sell it as a medicine and people will get it and um, the insurance companies will pay for it mm -hmm. the medical you know insurance I've been I've been using this question with almost everybody, and it's interesting because uh, uh, different different people with different experience and different uh, creative minds. Let's say today, the the lady died who's in charge of all this, and um, there was a sudden uh, upheaval of the government, and somebody ended up giving you all the power. You've got the magic wand, and they say, "Okay, now." fix this what would you do what would be your your magic wand to fix everything for the cannabis industry going forward and we'll throw the mushroom industry while you're at it i think it's it it it, it would look it, it should be a free market and i know it's horrible because you see the problems in the us that's a free market you know everybody grows too much it's just too many companies this is what happens. But I think in the end, it should be a free market. I should be the, the best one wins. And um, uh, we shouldn't be overtaxing those companies or giving them, trying to have special treatment. It should be like growing tomatoes. Yes. Or cucumbers. It shouldn't be anything special. Um, um, also, that will definitely, uh, prices will drop. Uh, because, well, it goes out of black markets and you can see that in the U.S. prices will drop. Uh, the quality so, would go up, right? Uh, and, uh, well, at least here in Holland, we still have black market wheat in, in, in the coffee shops. And the problem is that black market wheat isn't checked on pesticides and herbicides. Okay. Yeah, so we, 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 you can't see if something is treated with Vertimac or not. And and uh, and also not when did they use it? Did they use it that when it, there was a little clone, or did they spray the goddamn plants when there were butts in there? You know. Can you, and can you can you elaborate a little bit further about that? What you were talking about? Well, um, 
Well, that Black specific market. no, the specific chemical that you were talking about. Uh, Vertimac. It's a. It's it's the. It comes from uh, professional gardening. From it's used on lettuce and a lot of different ones. It's a systemic uh, herb. Uh, uh, it's a, a systemic insecticide, mm -hmm. and it actually works against uh, uh, things like uh, spider mites and stuff that you really trips and spider mites and all the stuff that you really don't want, and it works. It's a systemic poison. And it's not clear because no research is ever done what happens when you actually smoke that. So we don't know. And I'm sure that in my lifetime, I smoked a lot of, because I don't know, I probably smoked a lot of weed that was tainted with that poison. And I will never know. And I will also not know what, what kind of effect that has on me. So definitely legalization would help with... Um, uh, public health care because because we need to make sure that safe products come to 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 uh, uh, to consumers and definitely to patients because it's so difficult here to get a a, 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 a recipe for medical cannabis there's only like 500 people actually getting a recipe and then the quality of the medical cannabis is so bad that they actually go to the coffee shops because that stuff actually works yeah. and now we're having a patient that actually probably is buying tainted stuff if you have any problems the poison will definitely not help yeah. so so but the, the public health care thing is also where we actually get the, the, the where we try to push on with the with the dutch government because we tell them like you guys have to watch out for public health care you mm -hmm. can't just people into the black market well and that's what the, the that black market or that desire by the people is what created organizations like uh uh renus's uh Suvernuver, right yeah well, my partner Renus said it's it, uh, actually another one that uh, I walked into to Renus is uh, Renus is uh, a great guy. It's called he's called Robin Hood of the Netherlands, mm. and he pretty much uh, started a foundation uh, without any monetary gain and started helping uh, patients that that couldn't get recipes but really needed. Uh, THC oil for and and these are terminal patients and all mm. different uh, and he started giving people cannabis oil mm. for free mm -hmm. and um, and this ended up being this huge patient group of thirty thousand people and then he got into problems yeah. and that was horrible because he had no clue how to do all the legal stuff and so I took my legal team. And I put it with Renus, and this is how I hooked up with Renus. Mm -hmm. And I helped Renus to make sure that his loss, that, that that when he got in court, that he had the right representation, wow. and that he didn't get into problems. Okay. And, um, and we're now just launched a new because the oil we can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so they told us we were Renus was guilty. But they didn't give him any punishment. Mm -hmm. And pretty much when a judge doesn't give you any punishment in Holland, when you are guilty, they pretty much, you, they go to the government, we don't agree with this. So the, the, the judge actually thought that we were doing a good thing and that we were doing something good for society. So he's not punishing us. Mm -hmm. At this moment, we, uh, we created the product. So in Holland, we, we have a law that's called that everything below 0.05% cannabinoids is 
legal because they call it a, 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 that that it's just something that could be in there. This is the how uh, um, this is how uh, CBD oil is being sold in Holland right now. You can buy right. CBD oil everywhere. Right. We we had Renus on the show, and and ah. he was he was yeah he was excited. No, the good the good news is you just reconfirmed all the stuff that he told us. Yeah, yeah, well, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much we created. We no, created. you you set yourself up perfect perfect uh, perfect yeah, we, for this question. We created, we created water. That the water, zero. yes, there we yeah. go. That's where I was we getting. We created to. water that has zero because you can't drink a liter of oil, but you can drink a liter of water. So we created water with 0.05% THC in that. What is seen as the con con containment of like, like, like it's, they see it, it's not being seen that you actually put something in there. So uh, the only way for the government to stop readers right now is to stop the entire CBD markets in yeah. Holland. Yeah. And that law needs to be changed. And I'm not sure if they're going to do that maybe they will but yeah. if they do that they will do that especially to stop renus so have you tried the water yes okay and i don't like the taste you don't like the taste uh, now did you do the morning one or the night one i did the night one i i i, I don't like the taste i'm working with renus to see okay. if we can like like adjust that on flavor because i'm like and he says well some people like that taste i'm like well great it's very bitter yeah so, so I, I am, I'm like, okay, uh, yes, it tastes like medicine. Right. You know, it's interesting because I talked to some people right when he first did the uh, episode, right afterwards, I talked to a gentleman that was in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, was buying a product that was similar to what he was making. And they were talking about uh, nanotechnology, uh, having it be this, this time bomb or a time bomb. What is it? Time release. So it basically yes. goes down into your system and then, then it exposes the, uh, the, uh, the medicine to your body and he was talking about it in the most and and there they did have different flavors there was a lemon there was a a, a watermelon we're, 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 we're working with the lemon now and we're looking at how how we can make it less bitter and if we have to change the extracts or the way we make production or but you know at least the patients have a product they can they can they can have at home and in the worst case I mean, most people take zips of the, it's not like you drink the whole bottle. It's, it's, it's a pretty strong, if you drink the whole bottle, if I would drink one of those bottles, I would fake myself out for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, if somebody who doesn't have my tolerance would do it, I don't even know how that would react to that. That would be a horrible experience. <laughs> so, so those waters are pretty strong. So you take sips. So if I want to drink it, actually, I just take a Coke or any soda and I just put a little, Oh, cool. I can't wait to get back to Amsterdam so I can get mine. Hey, uh, you're definitely welcome here. We can, we can. I, I'll be I, back I there September, up. September 1st, uh, 1st through the 15th. I'm there for the Jack Hare Cup and the uh, squash off and uh, jumping into to both of those. Now, I, I had another thing I wanted to ask you about because I know that uh, you also, amongst all the rest of this, you had something else you just started, which is DLI. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. me about DLI? Oh. Well, I think this is a big, this is, I'm now dropping a bomb. Uh -oh. I'm coming back with a lighting company to the cannabis market because um, uh, I got a feeling, uh, I, I did Kavita and, and it was an amazing run. And um, uh, after I, I sold Kavita seven years ago, 
And I looked at everything that was going on and I love light and technology. It's a very passionate thing with me. And I saw that we could do it better. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. and there was and there was new developments like new new products coming to new technology that I really wanted to bring to the market. So yes, uh, we got a company that already existed called DLI, and we bought that company. Uh, DLI is Dutch Lighting Innovations, and um, we took that company that was already a really good company, and we gave it a little magic sprinkle. To make that company understand this is where I come in to what does the cannabis grower specifically need? Because the the, the what a cannabis grower specifically needs is different than a tomato grower. I mean, a lot of the the, the lights are geared on to um, uh, agriculture. And this is also what I did before. And what I'm doing now is I gear the equipment towards cannabis growers. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 and they have, they want different things. Um, uh, so we're coming out with uh, 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 with a whole line of products from uh, old school HPS products to new style uh, LED products to, um, um, and I will tell a little sticker too, uh, also a UV solution. So we're coming out with with a light that will emit. UV in the right amount to uh, stimulate plant growth, to give plant response. And the nice thing on UV, it's something I wanted to do for a very long time, is um, you will see real nice, um, it will get the best out of your genetics. So you get your genetics, you want to get the best out. This is the last little bit that an indoor grower needed to get the plant response that you want. What do you want? You want more cannabinoids. You want more terpenes, a better tasting product. And uh, a UV is a very important part. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a plant protects itself and by protecting itself, it triggers or all kinds of hormonal responses because of the UV. And that's why you get uh, an increase in flavonoids and things like that. And it's, it's, it's really, we're still kind of playing around with it because mm-hmm. um, it will take at least five years and thousands of growers to really get the knowledge data on what it really can do because it also does differently on every different, every genetics kind of responses differently. So this will be different in every grower and every different genetics. And so so the next couple of years when we're going to put this product out and um, you guys can expect this product within a couple of months coming to market. I mean, we're going to the mjbiz.com and we will actually show what we've done there. And I think that will be a, a, a great new innovation for growers and it will bring amazing, amazing new well, Finally, a new toy to play with. Yeah, something that we add something is something that actually does something, and awesome. it's not a gimmick. I'm not the guy of gimmicks. I'm the guy of real serious equipment. This is probably going to be the most fun for a grower for the last. I mean, this is something real cool that's coming. See, this and is I, very interesting. This is exactly what I just got through talking about just a few minutes ago, as we were talking about credibility. Right, trust and credibility that you develop over years and years and years of of constantly doing, yeah. I I I feel I'm very excited. It's it's going to be uh, amazing uh, coming back to the market with DLI 
and trying to uh, um, have this grassroots company um, um, wow. really connecting with growers. And I, 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 um, I know what growers need. I know what growers want. I am a grower. Um, I am a cannabis enthusiast. I, I understand my customers. And having uh, top-notch engineers um, creating um, um, creating solutions for growers that are geared toward growers and, and is specifically to what they want, that's going to be so much fun. And technology is already way more ahead than what I, the time than I had in Kavita. I, I remember developing. I remember I was still in Kavita when we developed the first LED lights. We we already tested for uh, almost eight years with LED lights before we actually put them to market. But you can only put a product to market when it actually really works. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen so many people trying all kinds of technology, uh, definitely in lighting, and they come and they go. I was going to say, it had to be something special to get you back to come back into the biz. It's oh. something I wanted. I, I wanted this specific thing. I know what UV does to plants. We, I played around with that. There, there are different ways to play around with that. And I played around with that. And to actually get it into a model that we can make a product that um, that actually works. You also have to understand people are claiming now to, oh, I got UV in my in my LED and stuff like that. We're not talking about the sprinkle of UV. If these lights are on, you can't go into the room. I mean, this is like a serious amount of UV. So this is for major grows or are you going to also scale it down? This, for is, this, is, this is for small growers to big growers. Okay. The UV is specifically really for indoor growing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's an indoor grow. It's going to be for people growing exotics and, and who who just want to, this is, this, yeah, this, this won't be for the guy who wants to grow the cheapest pound. This is for the people who want to grow the best. So basically what you're telling me now is that you're about to have twins. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be juggling. Yeah, I'm going to be juggling with a new baby and with a new company. Um, but okay, I got I got I got an awesome wife and she she's backs me up and she will have to uh we both will have to run a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Um I also will come back to the US on a very regular basis like I used to do. So I will be six months out of a year. I will be traveling the world, not just the U.S., but also Africa and Australia. And uh, uh, I have to preach the word. And uh, but uh, uh, yeah, this this is the first time. This is real big news because uh, I didn't make any uh, public. Uh, I didn't I didn't say anything public about this. We've been doing this for for a little while because we had to develop these new products. But now we're finally finished with them, and um, I'm ready here. Here I am telling the world no. that um, Jair is coming back with lighting. So somebody one time called me the king of lighting, and I have to yeah. make sure I live I live up to that name. The king so, is uh, back. My friend, I am congratulations on on both births. Um, I'm going to, uh, right after I, I hang up here, I'm going to get in touch with uh, Larry Scheffler over at uh, Planet 13. So when you're at MJ Biz, 
make sure we'll, I'll connect you so that you guys can can chat at some point while you're there. And I would uh, love to. Yeah, he, this is a perfect time. I mean, they're they're putting it together right now. And so, uh, you know, and and if you haven't seen the episode, look at the episode. This guy, he's already got the biggest dispensary in the world. Now he's going to have the biggest cannabis lounge. He's having a restaurant where you infuse your own food. So you'd have your normal restaurant, but like if you have tacos, you'll have like a guacamole sauce that's infused and you dose yourself. And he's got transportation that takes you back to your hotel anywhere. So you don't have to worry about how fucked up one of your customers get. He's going to have Jeez. a nightclub. He's got a nightclub. He's got a full bar. He's And it's 200,000 square feet. And upstairs, and, oh, the game room, giant, huge game room, all gaming with all the head systems and all. And I know that's where you and I will be. <laughs> you have one of the best game rooms I've ever seen, by the way. Oh yeah, my 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 Star Wars battle pots and my pinball machines here. <laughs> Dude, yes, that's a great just way. And just because the end of the show, like yeah, end the show with a bang. Look at that. Oh, dude, I love my pinballs, and this is my. Oh, there you go, the battle pod. Holy battle shit, pod. dude! Okay, what's your high score? I don't know from the battle pods. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I got the high score. I just don't know what it is. It takes five minutes to boot that thing up. So I go, <laughs> well, listen, my friend, happy birthday to you. I know that you're, yeah. uh, uh, you're. I think yesterday you will have went to go see Kiss uh, in concert. Uh, uh, everything is, is, is looking beautiful and positive and exciting for you going forward. And uh, congratulations. You deserve it all. Thank you very much, brother, and thank you all. And uh, I hope uh, I hope in five years we can do this again. And uh, I got some great new stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much, brother. Catch you. Thank soon. you. Bye bye. Well, hey, welcome back, everybody. Wow, wasn't that a great interview? And how about that game room he had? Did you see a Star Wars pod? How cool was that? I thought I'd get a little practice on while I have the chance. I'm going to be back in Amsterdam in September and I am going to kick his ass on that battle pod. Don't think that I won't. But listen everyone, thanks again for coming in and watching this great interview. I hope you get a chance to go check out all of Jair's cool new stuff that he's got going on and make sure you wish him happy birthday if you get a chance. <laughs> and then I lost the ball. Look at that. Yeah, I got to pay attention. I can't do interviews and play pinball at the same time. <laughs> anyway, listen, everyone. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And have a great weekend. And I will see you on Wednesday of next week.
It's Captain Hooter. Far out, man. <laughs>